0: Um, but hey, really quick, uh, today we're on our part three of our six-part series called What Matters. Can everyone say what matters? Uh, and what we've been doing is we've been going over our core values. Um, it's been really interesting, the season that our church is in. Um, we have been on this process of transitioning everything of how we started to becoming our own independent church. So really quick, quick synopsis for those of you who have just joined us. Um, The Rock Church, we were under the umbrella of a sister church called the Rock Church of Scotts Bluff. Uh, Two years ago, I I was ordained. We had ordination service. And we believed that that was a good point to go ahead and start transitioning this church to get our own two feet. And so we've been in this process. And uh, this is actually the last thing that my wife and I believe. My wife and I work very closely on leading our church. Um, But this is the last thing that we believe uh, to set us apart, what God has uniquely called us as The Rock Church right here in North Platte, Nebraska. And so we're going over our core values. If you missed on the first couple, you can go to therockmp.com and listen to the messages. Everything is recorded, including this sermon right now. Um, And you can also check out what we're gonna be talking about. But two weeks ago, we talked about how scripture matters. We uh, recognize that the world has really so many different views and answers to the questions that all of us, um, and sometimes they answer them, sometimes they don't. Or more, in fact, they give us the wrong answer. And so one of the values is Scripture matters to us, so much so that we're going to hold fast on Scripture as it is our guide and absolute authority in everything. And it, those are very dogmatic terms, and we do that on purpose um, because Scripture is the absolute authority. We believe it's absolute truth. Um, the Bible answers um, a lot of the questions that we struggle uh, with today, with all the hot topics uh, that are in our political system, conversations at the cafe or whatever it may be. The Bible answers a lot of those questions. Um, last week, we talked about our second value that matters to us, and that is the lost matter, those who don't know Jesus. And so we took a look at Luke 14 and 15 and really saw the heart of Christ towards those who don't have a relationship With him, We saw that Jesus is very, very radical in this area, so much so that if you read those three parables, you see uh, the parable of the lost sheep, where Jesus leaves the 99 who are safe to go after the one that is lost. Um, He's willing to uh, go after, flip an entire house upside down to search after a lost coin. And then we see in the parable of the prodigal son that when when those who are lost, who have walked away from Jesus, when they come back, Jesus celebrates, and so because the loss matter to God, then the loss is gonna to matter to us as the Rock Church, amen, and so we're gonna do exactly that. We're gonna replicate God's heart in this matter, and we came to the conclusion that yes, the loss matter to God, and we're gonna search out our community for the lost, the overlooked, and the forgotten, and really do anything short of stand to and invite them into God's house. Why? Because God does the same with us. He wants to do the same with those in our community. And we have two more values to talk about after today. And then on the sixth week, we're gonna talk about our mission and vision, vision for our church. So be sure to take notes. I encourage you to uh, listen to today's message with an open heart and kind of receive what we believe God is leading our church. As we talk about our third value, this is the third thing that matters to us as the Rock Church, diving right into this. And this is generosity matters. Generosity matters. Now, when we talk about generosity, uh, we're talking about three things usually, and three things to be generous. It's your uh, time, talents, and treasure. Time, talents, and treasure. The first two, uh, pastors talk about all the time that you need to give more time to God. A lot of us would agree with that, like, yes, yes, we need to dedicate more time with God, amen. And then we talk about talents, your gifts and your abilities, and again, most of the church, they agree with that. Like, yes, that what God has given me, I need to give back to the church and into my community to bless others. The third one is something that a lot of us, we don't like talking about. We negate talking about it. Or when the pastor talks about it, we say, oh, nope, hold up, uh, that's my treasure you're talking about. And that is a private matter. And when I mean, a pastor usually talks about this, this is where you decide, am I gonna stick around the Rock Church or am I gonna go somewhere else? Well, today's that Sunday, so buckle up. It's gonna be a fun ride. But today we are talking about generosity in the terms of your treasure. And really to kind of, not sure if go more, we're gonna talk about money today. We're gonna talk about money. Money is the M word that a lot of churches don't like talking about. But it's interesting that when it comes to generosity with our time and our talents, We're usually all for that. We want to be generous in those areas, but when it comes to treasure, this is where it can get a little bit messy and uncomfortable with. But here's the kicker about it. Here's the kicker about when it comes to money, when it comes to our treasure. When it comes to conversation about money, Jesus in the Bible talks about it a lot. Like there are tons and tons of messages and scripture on stewardship and money. In fact, they talk about so much that it's, it's, a, it's a fact that in the Bible, there's more scriptures about money than heaven and hell combined. Because money's important to us, isn't it? In fact, it's so important for us, even Jesus knows this. One-sixth of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, one-sixth of the gospels talk about money. And Jesus, one-third of his parables are about money and stewardship. Why? Because Jesus, here's the news, Here's kind of this a a real fact for you. Jesus knows how we work. He knows our hearts when it comes about money. He knows how we feel when we see a stack of cash. And if we can be really honest, no one here is gonna complain if you got an abundance of money this year. Right? Okay, some people are gonna be honest, okay? Now here's one thing, we will complain if money is not in abundance and it's taken away from us. We'll complain about that all the time. In fact, money is so important to us, it is the thing that we trade for goods. If you think about it, if you wanna buy a house, you have to have money. You wanna get a new car, you have to have money. If you wanna go buy groceries, you have to have money. If you want to buy toilet paper, you got to have money. In fact, we will pay money for bottled water water, the the resource that was free no more than a 100 years ago. But we like money. We like this. And guess what? It's okay because Jesus knows our hearts when it comes to money. Jesus knows all of this and knows that if we're not careful with money, we can soon start relying on money more than him. Here's the thing, church. I am a pastor that I like money. It's okay to like money. In fact, a lot of people say it's money that's the root of all evil. (laughs) I would beg to differ. Money can do a lot of good things. Actually, I just came from a place called the Rainbow House that couldn't be built if someone didn't have money. Money can can be used to do a lot of good things if you're generous, generous with it. But here's the thing. The root of evil is the love It's okay to like money. Money can do a lot of good things. But if you're not careful with it, you can fall in love with money. And pretty soon, the generosity that we're gonna talk about, generosity with your treasure, can start having an effect on how you live in this life. what we believe about generosity at the rock church we're gonna dive in today's message generosity matters to us so much so that we are going to be consistently generous with our time our talents and our treasure to god our church and to others around us because we believe it is more better to give than to receive we believe it is better to give than to receive and i said agree we agree that for the most part our time and our talents but when it comes to our, our, our being consistently generous with our treasure, this is where we get uncomfortable and maybe, we be honest with self, just a little bit unsure. And this is why Jesus talks about it so much. He gives us so much to discuss about with generosity. And he even gives us a principle to live by in 2 Corinthians chapter nine. So if you've got a Bible, open to 2 Corinthians chapter nine. And if you don't have a Bible, don't worry, we give free ones way back at the Connection Center. You can turn uh, to the worship guide notes, they're in there, and also to the TV screens behind me. But he gives this principle, and really, uh, you can even call this a promise, if you will. God keeps his promises, we know that time and time again, even when it comes to promises about money. Check what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting at verse six. He starts with a parable, he says this. He says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds, will only get a small crop. Any farmers in the house today? Any ranchers, farmers, anyone that knows kind of the basics of farming? Everyone should raise their hand. Come on now. We live in Nebraska, right? We know what happens. If you plant one seed, you're only going to get one little like, little plant. But if you plant a lot, you're going to get a nice bumper crop, right? And so, But he says this. He says, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. But don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves who gives Cheerfully. Now, that verse, that's really interesting because I remember when I was younger, my mom and dad would always throw this verse in my face because they wanted, me, they wanted to teach me how to give. But as a six-year-old, giving up that dollar that could be used for an arcade machine or, you know, all parents hate this, but the little cool, you put the in and you twist the little knob and you get some really, really cheapo toy, but for us kids, we love it. They're like, no, no, you need to be generous. And then I'm like, fine, here, just give it, you know, just take it. Like, no, 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 you need to be cheerful about it. You need to be cheerful about, check your heart bond, right? Right, right, we're gonna talk about that later on, but talking about how to give with a cheerful, cheerful heart. But he goes on and says this in verse eight, and he says, and God, you guys got to underline this part, and God will generously provide all that you need then you'll always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Now, I have preached on this message before and there'll be times where I preach on it again and because I love this scripture in 2 Corinthians 9. It's what I like to call a formula scripture where it says that if you do this plus this, God will do this, this plus this, God will do this. Now, there's not a lot of formula scriptures in the Bible. More times than it's not, it's a yes step on faith. But this, when it comes to money, when it comes to money, God says, if you do this plus this, I will do this. Now, I think he does that because he knows how we work, church. He knows when it comes to money, it's very easy for us to put more trust in the green stuff than God so much so that there are wars fought over this green stuff. Countries are conquered for this green stuff. We vote on politics according to how they steward this green stuff. And God even says, hey, I know how important this is gonna be to you because guess what? This love for money, this like for money, it was there since time began. And he says, I know this, so guess what? If you do this and this, when it comes to money, I'll do this. And we're gonna talk about that. And in this case, it's the promise or the concept of sowing and reaping. And really, you can apply this to every area of life, but it's interesting that Paul, who just wrote that, 2 Corinthians 9, he's using it in the context of money and generosity. This is the formula he gives. You can write this down. It's not in your notes, but you can write it down. He says, what you sow is what you'll reap. The amount that you sow will affect the amount that you reap. Meaning, if you only plant a few seeds, you're only gonna get a small crop. If you plant a lot of seed, you're going to get a bigger crop. Now, we live in a farming community and we understand this and so was the context of this ancient church. And what Paul is trying to say is this. He says, take this concept of planting and sowing and reaping and harvesting and use it when it comes to your generosity. Use it when it comes to your generosity because here's the thing, being generous does not come naturally to us. We are not naturally generous. In fact, those who seem that they're naturally generous is usually they saw someone else being generous and they wanted to mimic the same attitude and behavior. Generosity does not come natural to us. He's saying, hey, I know this is really hard to grasp, but take the principle of just sowing and reaping. And apply it to your money. So how does this work? Let me show you. If you're intentionally generous, God is generous to you so much, he'll provide everything you need. Now, that's the word need, not want. The word need, not want, because I really think I need that nice four-door F-150 with all of the cool stuff and. Screens and buttons and sounds and everything in the nice loud exhaust. But God says, no, I think you just need a car to get back from A to B. Does that make sense? you guys still love me this morning? Because I love you guys, right? All right, you guys are really staring me down, all right? I just wanna show you what's in it for you if you decide to bless God with thinking first and foremost of your finances. Because I'm telling you, this has radically changed my life. It's radically changed a lot of people's lives this morning, so much so that even God has said, you know what, if, if you're generous with everything that you have, I'll be generous to you so much so you will have everything that you need and enough left over to help with other people." And to be honest, this is why my wife and I give and have become so generous in our area of money. This is why we give. It's not so that we can get back what God wants to give back. I mean, that that is a blessing. But we have found out more times than not that when we are generous, God gives us the blessing to be generous to other people. And we're going to talk about why a blessing is not really for us. It's actually for those around us. But here's the first reason why I think we need to be generous. And if you guys can track along with me just for a few moments. I think we'll kind of get on the same train, but this is what it says. It says, the first reason is this. My generosity, when you're generous, my generosity blesses dot, dot, dot me. Now, this is a point that I struggled with because I never want to give a sermon point that is about us. I always want to get us to live beyond ourselves. But when the first thing that comes with generosity, especially what we just read, my generosity blesses me, we read in the main verse that our generosity will bring actually the word, and it's sometimes I think a lot of churches can get this out of context, but it's the F word, and it's the word favor. We think favor is along with prosperity gospel. We are not a prosperity-teaching church. But do I do know this, God wants to give you everything that you need and even sometimes want. And he's talking about right here, my generosity blesses I mean, there's another verse in the Old Testament that also talks about this this area. And it's the area of tithing. Tithing is just a really ancient term that simply just means 10%. And the reason he talks about this, it's a biblical concept that if you bring the first 10% to God, there's a whole other principle called the principle of first fruits. We'll talk about that clear down the road in a few months. But if you bring your first 10% to God, God in return does something for you. And this is what he says, Malachi 3.10. This is God talking, It's not Pastor Vaughn. So make sure you throw your rocks at God and not me. And this is what it says right here. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it, put me to the test. This is God talking. For some reason, many people have chalked up tithing as this old school thought about money. And a lot of churches don't even teach on this, which I I personally believe they're really missing out on this because when it comes to money, when it really comes down to us, we have to make the choice of who we're gonna put our faith in. Is it gonna be God or is it gonna be money? And Jesus knows this, and he talks about this whole part with money, he says, Do you know, if you tr- even trust me with the first 10%, and this thing, he's talking about farmland and animals and all these things, and the New Testament talks about the money and all that stuff. He says, if you just trust me with the first 10%, I will bless it so much so that the leftover 90% will go much further than if you had all 100%. And this is what God is talking about. I have told stories after stories And Jill and I, I mean, when we first started even this concept of tithing, we first got married, like we made nothing. We went through a couple studies called The Blessed Life, which we have, and it's a really good study you guys should go through. Um, But we learned the history of tithing and why we tithe and what happens when we do. And that God said in the verse that, hey, if you don't believe me, put me to the test, which is like one of the only things that God has ever said. Hey, put me to the test in this. And so we did. We put, let me put myself in your shoes. Here's the thing. We made nothing. We made, I think, 15, maybe 20 grand that year. And when we heard this, our bank account was at zero. If I can be even honest, it was probably like negative with the overdraft fee, probably about negative 100, 150. Because that was the norm for us. We didn't have enough money to live on. And so we heard this concept and it wasn't new to us. We're just like, oh, we'll give when we're ready. Anyone hear that one before? Like we'll give when we can actually afford to give. But this one, God, he was really pushing my heart. He says, Vaughn, you you got to start doing this because right now you're thinking about working overtime, making overtime more important about Sundays. That's a whole nother message. And that you're trying to start putting money more important than I am. Like Maybe you should just, just test me in this. Like, let me put my money where my mouth is. Let me show you what I can actually do in your life. And so guess what? We got paid. We got enough money in there that it covered the withdrawal, the and the bank fees and all those things and enough to maybe get groceries. But we knew if we wrote this tithe check, it would throw us even in a worse case than we were before. But I'm like, you know what? God said, test me. And if God doesn't come through, this is his fault, babe, not mine. Like we blamed God for real. We blamed him. And so I'm like, God, you better come through. If you're a liar, you're gonna be a big fat liar because I'm gonna write this check and we're gonna see what happens. And I kid you not, I kid you not, we wrote the check on Sunday, and I told God, if nothing happens on Monday, this check is going to go through, or it's going to bounce, one or the other. It's going to go through, we're going to go under, or it's going to get bounced, and my pastor's going to give me a bounced check. And how embarrassing is that to you, God? I kid you not, I kid you not. The next day, Monday, we got a $200 gift card to go to Safeway so we can buy groceries. We don't know who it's from, from that day. And we got another, yeah, you guys give it up. Don't give it to me, but give it for God. It's important. And we got an envelope with some cash that covered exactly what we need to get our bank account in the black. And that's God. I mean, that, that's, that, that's God. Now, you can be here and you can say that's a coincidence. And you have every right to say that if you want to. That's a coincidence. But let me tell you a, a, another story that we did. In fact, let me tell you this story. It's not in this one, but this one's really cool. We had a gal, I'm not gonna give her name, but I taught on this my first year here. And I talked about tithing. And she was one of those people that says, you know, I'll, I'll give when I can. I'll give when I can afford to give, bonds. so." And just to be clear, we're not church that can track you down, like you need to give or else give, we're not that type of church. But we are a church that says, try giving and see what God will do. And so this gal, she's like, we're, we're poor as it is. We don't make a lot, so I'm gonna give. So she writes her first giving check and she hands it to me personally to let me know that she gave. I'm like, well, good for you. Like, that's awesome. I gave it over to the council member, and they went with it. And she told me, she says, I might have to come in this week, ask for some help. And I told her, I'm like, you know what? You're at our church. We have a hope fund. We're going to take care of you anyway. You come in and do what you need to do. And so I get a call the next day, Monday, and she says, hey, nothing's happened yet. Can we make a a meeting on Tuesday, and we can talk about maybe some resources? I said, yeah, sure, come on in. Comes in on Tuesday, expecting, I'm like, I'm going to give her resources, and really, you know, with the check that she gave, this is all, come on, even with the resources that we're going to give her, she comes in with tears, and she says, hey, you will never believe what I just got in the mail. She says, I, I just got three years of pay, of three years of missing child support from my previous relationship. Come on, I mean, that, that's, that's good. No, 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 you can say that's coincidence. You have every right to say that. But in this room, there are hundreds and hundreds of stories just like that one. And you can say that's coincidence. You have every right to believe that. But there's gotta be a point in our logical thinking that says it's no longer coincidence. Something must be ordained. You can't just have so many happenstances just to leave it out the window. And that would lead me back to here, 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians 9, because this is what generosity does, that when you're generous, God says, he's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of you. Now, that doesn't mean you need to pay for God to take care of you. God's going to take care of you. He's going to do things for you. But if you want to get a place in your life where you have peace and security, not only in your life, but also in your checkbook, trust God with your finances. Trust him with your finances. I mean, I can teach on this forever, but there are some other points I really want to get to that's really kind of much bigger than this. But see, your generosity truly does bless you. Your generosity blesses you. But here's the second one, and this is why we really, really want to see generosity to have an effect in our lives. Your generosity blesses you. The second one is this, my generosity meets needs. My generosity meets needs. The last part of 2 Corinthians in verse 8 says this. We just kind of read it, but we're kind of rehash it. It says, God will generously provide all you need. But then he goes on. I think a lot of us put a period there and we leave it. But he says this, then you'll always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. You see, here's the thing. Generosity, there's a blessing with it for you. But the blessing isn't just for you. You see, we make the mistake of thinking God blesses us, that's my blessing and no one else. But you see, God is a God of multiplication and whatever he gives you, his blessing is so big that it's not just for you, but it can be a blessing to those around you. Case in point, I have a good friend here that he was just blessed with a, like a truck full of meat. I told this about a couple weeks ago and he gives me a call, says, Vaughn, my freezer is completely full and I don't know what to do with all this leftover meat. I got an idea for you. He says, would you like some? I said, of course. We just ran out of our beef. We buy a cow every year. We just ran out, and we didn't know what to do. And beef is really expensive when you feed three little hungry people, right? And so, like, yes, bring the beef here. We'll fill our freezer. So we fill our freezer. I still have two boxes left over. And I said, babe, what do we do with this beef? Later that night, we had a community group. The community group came over. We all started talking, and the Lord says, give it away to them. You see, and here's the thing, here's the thing. Not only was my friend able to bless me with a blessing, but I was able to bless others with a blessing. And they were about to bless their family with a blessing from my blessing, from my friend's blessing, from God's blessing. That's what you call a four-tier blessing from God. If you guys, that's how God works. And that's why I can say here, the blessing that God's gives you is not just for you. The blessings that God gives you are for those around you as well. God wants to bless you so you can bless others. Read further in 2 Corinthians at 9, verse 11. He goes on and says, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two things will result from this ministry of giving. This is scripture, verse 12. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met And they will joyfully express their thanks to God. You see, here's the thing. If you want to radically change this world, start being generous with what God has been being generous with you. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your talents. And be generous with your money. You know why generosity with money is such a powerful tool to expand God's kingdom? Because no one else in their right mind is generous with their money. But the kingdom of God is so much higher than ours. We just read uh, in, in, in Psalms, the scripture during the, the, the worship, that God's ways are so much higher than our ways and it includes how to steward the money that we're blessed with. This is what's so cool about generosity. God blesses it so much that it meets your needs and also helps, and I would even say, funds his efforts of reaching people through you. Over the past couple years, uh, my wife and I, we've discussed uh, about personally investing in missionaries and personally supporting uh, just just different Christian efforts. And so the start of 2019, we talked about maybe sponsoring a Compassion Child. Compassion is a Christian organization that goes in third world countries and gives medical aid, education, uh, builds wells, and there's a whole bunch of other really, really great stuff. It's a very, very good cause that is Jesus-based. And so like, hey, w- we want to sponsor a child. And if you sponsor a child, it's about $35 a month. Uh, it gives them the medical assistance, clothing, education, food, and helps their family survive in a world that uh, maybe their, their life expectancy is not as long. But through compassion, we're able to help them as much as we can. And so, to start twenty eighteen, we talked about sponsoring a compassion child, and uh, it's about thirty dollars a month, and does all those great things. But we were in a place that we really couldn't afford to sponsor a child, but we really wanted to. And so, we had this event a couple months ago called Christmas Comedy, and Brad Stein came. He's a very great comedian. And he brought some compassion portfolios of children that would still need a sponsorship. And we're thinking, Lord, like, like, what is going on? What's happening? And we believe, like, my wife and I, we didn't even have to talk about it. In fact, we didn't talk about it. And I know this because I went outside to haul out some gear. I came back. My wife was already signing the papers with our new compassion child. And I said, okay, good thing. And that's good because we were all on the same page with this, all right? And so we're like, yes, go go ahead and go ahead and do that. And so she did it, got it all. And we're like, we're going to write this check, and we're not going to go under, and we're going to have everything that we need, but this just going to make our finances a little bit, just that much tighter. And then the week after this, we had a meeting, and we were blessed in a way that we no longer have to worry about being tight in our finances. And not only are we able to sponsor this child, but now we're able to sponsor many more children and some personal missionaries that we've always been wanting to. You see, I, 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 I think for us, church, we do the same when it comes to our generosity. We ask God for the blessing. We say, God, if you do this, then I will do this. Which makes logical sense to us, doesn't it? But with God, it's actually quite opposite. It's the concept of sowing and reaping. You don't get the crop first, then you get the seeds, and then you plant the big crop again. You start out with nothing, and you plan it in faith that one day when the season comes, it's going to turn into a profitable crop. The same comes with stewardship and blessing when it comes to our finances. A lot of times, we miss a blessing because we're waiting for God to bless us with it first, and then we'll do something with it. While well, the whole time, God's saying, says, no, I need you to take this the step of faith first, and then watch me do a work. In your life. That's why it's called faith. And that's why we talk about faith. And that's why we're talking about this. There's so many ways that you can use your generosity to bless others. But start now. Don't wait until you think you need to have God has already given you the exact amount that you have right now to help someone in your life. The right amount. And for us as a church, really, we do the same. I mean, with you guys being so faithful, and, and just really quick, I applaud you you guys are super generous. So I'm not talking about this thing and we're not generous enough. I'm saying like, you guys are modeling generosity right now. So much so I was gonna talk about this next week with our thing, but guys, like we met our budget for 2019. That, that's your, that is big because we had a big budget. And we're asking in faith, God, would you do something? Because right now, we're asking our church of our size, the amount that we're asking for is something that usually churches our sizes don't get. But guess what? God doesn't work within our limits. And we're able to meet our 2019 budget. And because of your generosity, we as a church, we make it a, a, a value to us as we're gonna be generous with what you guys have been generous with. For an example, we have a Hope Fund, which is funded by all of you. We don't pay anything for the church. And we help people in our body to pay bills, to buy groceries, to help with medical expenses and so on. Um, Our church donated money to our local school system where we were able to help pay for PE equipment for students with special needs. Uh, We're in a remodel right now, completely debt free because of your, your guys' generosity. And our building is able to be used really free of charge by all different types of organizations from people that need meetings for people in the uh, the Department of Health and Human Services. They use our building, sometimes even during church service, to reunite families because they need a safe meeting place. I mean, even Girl Scouts meet weekly here because they love our building. I mean, this is all done through your guys' generosity. This is because of you guys. We have a serve day where we take a Sunday and instead of meeting in a church, we meet in our community, and we have helped finance projects for like uh, for the comp- uh, for the nonprofit Bridge of Hope. Uh, we've done things with Linden Estates. Uh, we've done things with the Foster Closet with our foster community. We have built fences. We've laid mulch in the park, and the Rock Church was able to make it free of charge to them because of your guys' generosity. Come on, give it up! That is you guys being generous with what God has already been generous with you. On top of that, we're able to give the things that we want because of your generosity. You had a new drum set, which Yuri did an amazing job. Good job, Yuri. We're able to finance, and if I can be really honest, and this, I, I hope this will come across prideful, but I think our church is like the best church in the world. Like, I love you guys. And you guys, because of your generosity, we're able to do things churches our, our size are not normally able to do. And people are getting wind of it. And just like we saw in 2 Corinthians 9 and the latter half, people in our community are getting wind of what you guys are doing here. Because of your generosity, and people are drawn to a crowd that are just generous. The time, talents, and treasure. And all of you guys, are modeling that. Your generosity, it blesses you, but it also meets the needs of those around you. And here's the last point. My generosity glorifies God. Worship team, if you wanna come up. My generosity glorifies God. When we are generous with our tithe, with, 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 with our money, with our stewardship, it honors and glorifies God and he's going to bless you. He's going to bless you. And when you are generous with what God has blessed you to bless others, God is even more glorified because now it's not just you praising him, but it's other people's attention turned towards him. You see, here's the thing. We don't want, we don't want to be generous because God needs our money. God doesn't need our money, newsflash. He's got streets of gold, people. He's got gates made out of pearls. He's got gemstones in his fences. God is more than funded up there. But he knows our human hearts. He knows how we work when it comes to money. And when you honor him, with your treasure, he's gonna bless you for it. But he wants to show you, he's just, he's much more bigger than that, he's God. So not only is he gonna bless you, but your blessing is gonna be in such a way that you're gonna be able to bless those around you in need. And that can look like a lot of different things, not just money. But you have to make the first step and honor God, because when you do, it glorifies God. Look at the last part, 2 Corinthians 9, 13 through 15. Last scripture for today it says, "As a result of your ministry, I meaning generosity, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all the believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. They will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift. Two wonderful, four words. Here's my prayer. Here's my prayer. My prayer is as we make." generosity a value at the Rock Church, that generosity matters so much so that we're going to be consistently generous with our time, talents, and treasure, to God, our church, and to those around us because we believe it's more better to give than to receive, that when we embody this church, it's going to grab the attention of our community because generosity is not a normal thing to do. It's something that must be learned. It's something that must be taught. And when it catches people's attention, they will know we truly believe what we say we believe. Because guess what? The Bible talks about generosity more more than anything else uh, of the other topics in scripture. But sometimes the church doesn't live this out. And I'm not dogging other churches that they want to build bigger and better and, do all that stuff. I'm telling you, when you are generous with what God has been generously with you, it will turn the hearts. It truly will. The common saying that if you want to know what's important to you, look at where you spend your money. And it's true. If you looked at my checkbook register, you'd know that Chick-fil-A was very important to me while I was in Omaha. Lord, bring us a Chick-fil-A here, please. And it's true. I want us to be a church where we put our money where our mouth is. And stop talking the talk but actually walking it out. That those things matter to us and how we spend our money reflects that. The things that matter to you, your spending and your generosity will reflect your generosity. So let me conclude with this. Many of us, we don't make a lot. I get that. Many of us don't make millions. And if you do come visit me, I'll help you be generous with it. But here's the thing of generosity. You don't have to have a lot to be generous today. You don't have to have a lot to start being generous today. In fact, we find God's work in the opposite. We make the first step of being generous and then God responds in a way that we don't lack in anything. Thus, the entire chapter of verse nine that we just read. got to be a point where hopefully church will catch on on being generous and it starts with you guys. Here's the final point point conclude with this. When I am generous, God gives me everything I need for myself and to bless others. And this is why generosity matters to us at the Rock Church. This is why generosity matters to us, We're gonna embody this the best we can because if God can do all that he did in 2019 through your generosity, I am super excited for what he's gonna do in the year 2020, aren't you? We're very excited what God's going to do. So would you guys bow your heads, close your eyes. We're gonna pray and we're gonna sing the song together. Father, I just wanna thank you for a church that already embodies generosity. This is not something that we need to teach because we don't know, but we teach just to constantly remind ourselves that when we are generous, you respond with your generosity in such a way that the blessing is much bigger than I, but it can be a blessing to those around me. Lord, thank you for being such a generous God. With head bowed and eyes closed, The reason why we are generous, if I can start at ground zero, the reason why we are generous is because God was generous with what what I would think the most special, valuable thing in his life. That was his son Jesus. But he counted you so valuable that he sent his son into this world fully knowing that the very people who were crying out for salvation and for help were going to be the people that were going to crucify, hang his son and mock him on the cross. But you gotta remember God's blessing is much bigger than what we can fully comprehend. Because as soon as Jesus died, God's blessing did not stop there. We read that Jesus died Rose three days later, rose again. He ascended to heaven so that we can still have forgiveness. We can still have a relationship with God the Father. And really, that's where generosity starts. Lord, I'm going to be generous because you were so generous to yourself. God, I'm going to respond with my generosity, my time, my talents, and my treasure. And here's the thing with the whole act on the cross. God wants to have a relationship with you. you so valuable. Some of you need to know that this morning. You are valuable in the eyes of Jesus, and He wants a relationship with you. And it doesn't matter if you give something in offering day. It doesn't matter if you don't give anything at all. God wants to be in a relationship with you right now, where you're at, mess and all. If you're saying, you know what, I need God, I need Jesus in my life, I wanna make that decision today, I just wanna pray with you, would you just slip your hand up, no one's looking, but if you wanna raise your hand and say, you know what, I want to have a relationship with Jesus starting starting now, you pray for me? Slip your hand up, yeah, man, yeah, thank you. What else? You can pray this in your heart. Lord, would you come into my life? Would you make me clean? Starting today, I'm falling after you. I'm going to honor you, God. Forgive me of my sins, and Lord, I know right now by this prayer of faith, I am in a full relationship with you. Just even praying that, even saying that in your heart and truly meaning it, Scripture you says, "Know by faith, saved." So that's awesome. Thank you for wanting to make that. Will you guys give it up for that person that gave a heart to Christ this morning? Come on. Will you guys stand and sing the song with us?